2: Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris.
3: All right, here we are. It's hour number two. Another great guest lined up for you this week. I know this one is going to be huge for those that download the show and listen later. If you're someone that struggles with sleep or maybe just would like to feel a little bit more energy during the day, uh, you've got to get this book. It's really fascinating. It's called The Power of When. And you may have seen Dr. Michael Bruce on shows like CBS This Morning. He's been on Dr. Oz countless times. uh, The View, ABC News. And uh, this book, which you can grab on Amazon. You can get it for like 15 bucks, the hardcover, and this is a big book. It's 370 pages, and then you can get it on Amazon, $15, um, Prime shipping, so you get the free shipping for your Prime member, or the Kindle version is 2.99. dollars If you or someone you love is struggling with good sleep, you have to get this book. Dr. Michael Bruce, thank you so much for being with us, sir.
4: Uh, thanks for having me.
3: You know, I heard you on Coast to Coast AM a few weeks ago, and yeah. I, my, I, myself, am a regular uh, recurring guest on Coast to Coast AM. So I steal a lot of their best guests <laughs> just because uh, no I, I'm also, uh, you know, an avid listener. And you had so much great information to share. And I had my own questions because I have some sleep issues, quite a few. Uh, but, but I want to start by asking you, you're the expert, why do we sleep You know, it's something I've, I've always wondered why were, were we not just created to be up 24 hours a day? I mean, I get the idea of resting, like sitting down when you're tired, but what is going on when we lay down and sort of go into this coma for seven or eight hours? What is going on biologically?
4: Okay. So you've got three different questions that I'm going to try to answer. So the first one is why do we sleep? And so the truth of the matter is, is nobody knows. um, we know a lot about what happens to our bodies when we don't sleep. Um, we know that sleep affects every organ system and every disease state. We know um, we know that um, there is um, uh, effects of sleep on our physical, our emotional, our cognitive. Uh, we know that it's it's an important factor in every living organism. Any organism that has a nervous system has a period of time of what's called quiescence or quiet uh, or lack of movement. And, um, you know, the basic idea behind it has to do with, um, with batteries um, and uh, like the recharging of the batteries, if you will. Mm. But um, the truth of the matter is, is that um, it doesn't appear to be um, uh, based on our exertion. So as an example, if you run a marathon and you go to sleep and you walk to the mailbox and go to sleep, you'll still sleep roughly the same amount of time. So it's, it's difficult to really say other than the fact that we know we need it and we know that a lot of bad stuff happens if we don't. Um, when we look at it from a physical standpoint, what does sleep do? Um, the biggest things we know is that there's a physical restoration and a mental restoration. And those, believe it or not, are based on which sleep stages your brain goes into and the speed at which they go into and the amount of time that they stay there. So uh, when we look at what's called deep sleep or stages three and four sleep, that is the physically restorative sleep. That's where, the gro- where growth hormone is emitted. And the reason that's important is it's kind of like bringing your car into the body shop, right? Right. So you go in and you can get the scratches and the dings and the dents pulled out during stage three, four sleep and get the car ready to rock and roll again. Um, the stage REM sleep, which most people, most people associate with dream sleep, turns out um, to actually be our mentally restorative sleep. This is where we move information from our short-term memory to our long-term memory. And we create an organizational substructure uh, within that um, that allows us to retrieve information when we want it. Um, we think that the, when pieces of information are placed next to one on what next to one another inside our brains, that they form uh, a relationship, and that forming of the relationship uh, is what we consider to be almost dream. sounds
3: like the uh, blockchain. <laughs> not to, <laughs> yeah, not a to little get bit. into it's Bitcoin, kind of like, but yes, or or defragging of a computer might yeah, be yeah, exactly. the analogy.
4: I think that's a good way to think about it. Yeah,
3: so. Yeah. How many, uh, I mean, this is just going to be anecdotal, but I'm curious what your general answer would be to this. What percentage (laughs) of health problems today do you think are either directly or indirectly related to sleep or lack of sleep?
4: I would say, well, can I answer the question a little bit differently? Sure. I would say that every single health problem that anybody listening has has got a sleep component to it. Sleep might not have caused it, or lack of sleep might not have caused it, or poor quality sleep might not have caused it. But if you're not getting enough quantity of sleep or quality of sleep, whatever medical condition you have is getting worse. Remember, sleep is healing. That is probably the biggest function of sleep, is a healing of the body, a healing of the mind. And that's really what we see sleep doing.
3: And I found it so interesting um, that you say that genetically we can actually find out if we are a so-called morning person or night person, that's not just the way you were raised or your personality or you're somebody that's just kind of a night person and you like to go out and stay out. This is something that's in, in our DNA. Is that right?
4: That's correct. That's correct. It's all based on something called the PER3 or the period three gene. Um, and the length and the width of that gene determines how much our body wants to sleep. So the amount and the timing of that. And believe it or not, um, if you if you do one of those uh, DNA tests like 23andMe, um, you can go in there and you can actually look. 23andMe, as, a, as an example, has a morningness and eveningness uh, report that you can pull to tell you so yeah, it's not just you know whether or not you go and you take my quiz online uh, which which corresponds very well um it, it's really something that you can look at, at at a base level in terms of your genetics
3: and if people want to get to your website how do they get to your website what is the uh, oh sure uh, address
4: um, i'm super easy to find on the internet it's the like t-h-e sleep um, and if you want to take my quiz and learn about your chronotype, it's based after my book called The Power of When, W H E N, Quiz.com. All one word, The Power of When Quiz.com.
3: And uh, there's also a Twitter, which is at The Sleep Doctor, The Sleep Doctor. And there's a Facebook, The Sleep Doctor. So all of that is also on the jacket of the book. Now, yeah. after the after this break, we'll get into the different sleep types which i'm so fascinated about but i wanted to ask you culturally isn't there this idea that it's the morning person that is the true successful ambitious person And you you always see the profile of like the billionaire who is up at right. four thirty uh kind of evaluating his stock portfolio and so forth and this is what right. we have decided as a culture that the successful people are the people that are up first thing in the morning, the super early risers? Is that why we tend to put ourselves on that track?:
4: It is, um, and it's unfortunate because roughly f- only 15 percent, one five percent actually genetically should be up at that time. Um, the other 85 percent of us have uh, different times that we would normally be up. And forcing ourselves to do that is almost like making turning ourselves into a shift worker when we don't need to be
3: interesting and uh, a lot in this book here uh, some fascinating anecdotes about people who changed their time that they went to sleep and got up and got on these different schedules and after the break we're going to get into the four different types of sleep patterns and which one of these should you be on which one of these should i be on we're going to get into all this and also take your questions as well we'll be back
5: if you or anyone you love has been diagnosed with lung cancer, asbestosis, or mesothelioma, your diagnosis may be the result of job-related exposure to asbestos and you may be entitled to compensation. Over $30 billion in trusts have been set aside for individuals who have been affected by asbestos exposure. How do you protect your rights and get the compensation you deserve? Call Capital Legal Group now at 800-400-LUNG. Capital Legal Group is one of the nation's resources for settlement of lung cancer and mesothelioma cases. Law firms have successfully recovered over $2.7 billion Dollars for their clients in all 50 states and claims have been paid in as little as 60 days. If you or a family member were diagnosed with lung cancer, asbestosis, or mesothelioma, call Capital Legal Group now at 800-400-LUNG. We'll open a no-cost case review on your behalf. A history of tobacco use or cigarette smoking will not disqualify your case. Visit 800-400-LUNG.com or call 800-400-LUNG. Call 800-400-5864 now. That's 800-400-LUNG.
6: How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I am 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused knowing the negative side effects. Heart and body extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is heart and body extract heart and body extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract call 866-295-5305 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract
2: Listening to Jim Paris live.
3: All right, Doctor Michael Bruce is here. The book is called "The Power of When," and it's all about sleep, which we all need. We all need sleep, and uh, it's fascinating to just go through here. and And I find myself, and I'm going to tell the doctor what my sleep uh, pattern is out of his four. After we hear uh, kind of a little bit of a background in this, Uh, Doctor Bruce, tell us about the four different sleep types, the chronotypes, and how you discovered this, and then get into the four?
4: Sure, no problem. So I've been writing about chronotypes my whole career. I've been practicing for 19 years. Um, And historically, we always thought there were early birds and night owls. And for folks who might not have heard the word chronotype, that's really all we're talking about here, is a genetic propensity to either be an early bird or a night owl. But it turns out that there aren't just two. There's actually four different types, if you will. The medical literature looks at early birds, night owls, and people in between. But what I did was I noticed that there are some people out there with insomnia, really bad insomnia, to be honest with you. And what I discovered was is that these people also had a genetic propensity for poor sleep and and a very erratic sleep schedule. So... What I did was I I created the sleepless bird, if you will, um, because we called people early birds, hummingbirds were the middle, and then night owls, and I created the sleepless bird. But the truth of the matter is, Jim, I'm a mammal. I'm not a bird. Right, And so I didn't want to be compared to a bird. So what I did was I chose animals in the animal kingdom that actually have the, the characteristics of these different times where they're alert, awake, sleep, things of that nature. So as an example, I changed early birds to lions. Of course, lions have their first kill before dawn. Um, they're uh, very active creatures getting up very, very early in the mornings. And when we look at lions as a group, as a human group, here's what we know is my lions are make up about 15% they're very similar to the group we were talking about these very early risers they have a tendency to wake up around 4:35 o'clock um they are the COOs of a company. They are very um, Type A personalities, kind of militant in their thinking. They like to go from, they like to make a list almost every day and go from step one to step two to steps three to step four. Um, they are great at managing people. They're not necessarily good at getting the nitty gritty of the work done, although earlier in their lives they were actually very good at it. Um, the big problem, however, with being a lion is uh, dinner and a movie is kind of out. Um, They've been up since 4.30 in the morning. They don't want to stay out until 10 o'clock at night watching a movie. They're they're usually going to bed very early. And so socially, that can definitely have some implications uh, for them. Next are my bears. And bears make up roughly 55% of the population, also called the hummingbird, if you will. And um, bears are my solar sleepers. These people are generally more extroverted. um, And I think being a bear is the best. Um, The reason I think that is is because most of society is built on a bear schedule. Um, Bears are um, very gregarious, fun group. They're always good to um, sit down with at lunch. They're buying the beers at the bar. They invite you to their home for dinner. Um, They get the work done. These are the people who are really kind of in the trenches and making it happen. Uh, Next come the wolves, which are the night creatures. Wolves make up about 15% of the population. And as we all know, wolves are very nocturnal in their very nature. I personally am a wolf um, and have been for a very long time. By the way, if any of you out there have children and you have teenagers, almost all teenagers at some point in time are wolves. Um, This is a natural progression that they go through, but they like to stay up until 2 a.m. and sleep until noon, which, believe it or not, Yeah, I used to
3: say to my teenagers... Getting up at the crack of noon. (laughs)
4: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what wolves like to do. Um, Wolves have a tendency to be actually a little bit more introverted. They have a tendency to be my authors and my artists and my musicians, um, my creative types, if you will. Um, They are very late risers. Like you said, the crack of noon is perfect for a wolf, Um, unfortunately for wolves, we have a tendency to be high risk takers. We also have a tendency to have the most medical problems um, and um, the most uh, difficulty uh, maintaining diet, exercise, things of that nature. Uh, Then the final group are what I call dolphins. They make up about 10%, and this is the insomnia group. The reason I chose dolphins, which was kind of interesting, was dolphins actually sleep unihemispherically. So only half of their brain is asleep while the other half is awake and looking for predators. And I thought this was kind of an interesting representation of my people who never quite get to sleep. Um, And uh, dolphins are very much like my lions, except they are... um, They have a lot of anxiety. While they are type A personalities, they don't seem to get things done, or at least not done to the level that they want to get things done. For a dolphin, the project is never finished. They're a little bit on the OCD side or obsessive-compulsive side. They have a good bit of anxiety. Oftentimes, they've self-labeled themselves as insomniacs with several medical issues and maybe even on some medications. Um, And so people will have a tendency to fall into one of these four different Um, buckets or categories, if you will. But that's where it gets interesting because once you know what category you're in, one of the things that's amazing about the human body is that your hormones are on a very predictable level. And so once you wake up or your body wakes up at its genetically predetermined time, your hormones kind of kick into gear. And believe it or not, there are perfect times of day Uh, to do certain activities. And these times will change based on your chronotype. So I've actually discovered uh, medical research to show people the best time of day to be intimate, eat a cheeseburger, ask their boss for a raise, drink a cup of coffee, brainstorm, you name it.
3: Yeah, that is interesting because I have always found, you know, certain times of day when I come up with great ideas And Mm -hmm. so if you know that you can kind of start, you know, planning around that. So after the, after this break, I'm going to tell everybody what my sleep type is. I'm going to tell the doctor and I used to be one sleep type and now I'm this other sleep type. So that'll be a good (laughs) cliffhanger. But let me, let me ask you this before the break. What is this unique phenomenon that we hear about people like Donald Trump, Martha Stewart, Uh where they Uh only sleep like three or four hours a night reportedly? What, what is that?
4: So these people are called short sleepers. Um, They make up about somewhere between a half and one percent of the population. And their body, believe it or not, genetically only requires between four and five hours of sleep a night. It's kind of like hitting the genetic lottery for sleep in a certain way um, if you're productive. Um, But I will tell you there are some people that are plagued. By this short sleep. You know, it all sounds great. Oh, if I only slept four to five hours a day, there's so much more I could do. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that there's a lot of people who have this situation and um, they can have depression, they can have a anxiety, they can have a whole host of different issues.
3: Yeah, I, I, I can tell you, you know, someone that sometimes is up in the middle of the night, it's kind of a weird feeling. It's like, you don't yeah. want to go anywhere because it's kind of unsafe to just go out in the middle of the night. I always exactly. think, like, what are the police gonna think if I'm like out jogging at two AM? Right. Or exactly. you know, even just getting in my car to go to like the one open restaurant in town, which right. is which is Denny's. Am I you know be like sitting at the counter at Denny's at, at three AM? I mean, what what is that gonna look like? So you do kind of get in that in that rut in the middle of the night. All right, we'll take this break. When we come back, I'm gonna tell the doctor my sleep type and what it used to be and also i want to talk about um you know as we age does our sleep type automatically kind of begin to transition because you hear the kind of the story of like the retired couple eating dinner at 3 p.m at morrison's cafeteria is that really true or is that just a wise tale we'll get into that and more after this we'll be back
6: Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST55 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. Text BEST55 443, 443 That's B-E-S-T 55 to 443, 443
7: Non-attorney paid spokesperson.
6: Could your house go into foreclosure?
7: Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. Call for Closure Protection Services now at 800 667 9035. 800 667
2: 9035. That's 800 667 9035.
3: you're listening to jim paris live well that's a perfect transition and ad running there about irs problems i can imagine that that would keep a lot of people awake at night as we talk about getting a good night's sleep our guest is dr michael bruce the book is called the power of when so I'm going to tell Doctor Bruce my sleep type out of these four, and this is—I'm not sharing any secrets here. Uh, millions of people have heard my story, so I'll, I'll tell you my my story. So I used to be a wolf, and I'm probably really am a wolf. However, okay. I have transitioned to becoming a dolphin because—and um, you may or may not have heard my story on Coast to Coast AM—but in 2001, uh, my uh-huh. brother, who was my accountant, embezzled over two million dollars from me and wiped me wiped me out um as my book shares the details i planned out my own suicide three times i went through hell and high water for about five years of of going bankrupt and being sued by clients and investors that had lost money all because of you know this situation with my own brother which then led to estrangement from family members that decided that they would help him out after he did all that to me so yeah in any case uh they gave me a test for post-traumatic stress disorder and Mm -hmm. uh they told me that whatever the score range was i was like at the top of that whole deal so for five Mm -hmm. years they put me on uh, different medications that basically zombified me i became like a zombie I, ne- I never got excited about anything and i never really i was never really depressed or happy i was just kind of like just even keel it was like i was there and i was breathing but i just so i got off of all that in any case um i still deal with nightmares and it's the biz- most bizarre thing i i will uh I, I will wake up uh multiple times a night Um, you know, reliving this, like I'm being sued. I've got to be at court in the morning for my bankruptcy, or I've got an angry former client that wants to meet with me. All of these things that happened years ago that are, they're all behind me now. I'm like, my life is great now, but this stuff is like trapped in my brain. So what I do is I'm the way my sleep works is I'm basically sleeping like they do in war. Um, I sleep for maybe a couple of hours and then I'm up, then I'm, uh, asleep for another couple of hours. And then like during the day, I'm napping all the time and I'm never really quite asleep. I'm, you know, my kids, they're all gone now, but it, they'll move back occasionally as they do when they're in their twenties. Literally, huh. I hear the doorknob of the front door turn and I am up ready to fight. I'm, it is, uh, it, it I don't know how, what can be done about it. Um, you know, th- there are sleep medications I've, I've tried some of that, but in any case, so I've transitioned to this dolphin, and I want you to talk a little bit more about, not uh-huh. just about me, but these people that have sure. this problem where you never really get to sleep, and that's kind of my problem.
4: Sure. So so can I ask you a couple of quick questions, Jim? Sure,
3: sure. Go ahead.
4: Sure. Um, were you ever in the military? No. Okay. And um, did you ever have any other type of major traumatic event occur before um, this horrible situation with your brother?
3: Yeah, I did. So um, growing up, I had some physical things happen. So I had two accidents in my childhood, both Mm -hmm. eye eye injuries. And in one accident, I actually lost my left eye and I have a prosthetic left eye. And then the other accident, I almost lost my right eye, but I didn't. Uh that's in my book as well but um those were the the main like I would say mm-hmm. traumas before sure. the uh the loss of all the money
4: OK, so so I definitely I mean, while you're not my patient and I can't diagnose you, um, you know, over the over the airwaves here, um, it sounds like you definitely were a victim of PTSD on multiple counts, not just the emotional account, but also on the physical count. And and one of the things that I've learned with many of my patients with with PTSD is that they're all dolphins. So you, you've you been able to, here's the good news is you classified yourself correctly.
3: OK, there we <laughs> um, go
4: in in understanding that and this is really dolphins are who the book was written for um primarily dolphins are my patients dolphins are my insomniacs dolphins are my people who who truly struggle with sleep based on whatever event happened to occur to them um and um and here's the thing that I've learned is, at least with people who've been in an active theater of war, they have this hypervigilance. And you kind of described it where you can hear the doorknob turning all the way across the house type of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a very difficult switch to turn back off. Once somebody flips that switch, it's very difficult. now. All hope is not lost. So let me just be very, very clear for the folks listening and for you. Um, There is something called cognitive behavioral therapy, which is something that I do with many of my patients, where we we help people think about sleep differently, and we help people think about these noises in the middle of the night differently. Also, you mentioned nightmares. Um, There is actually a nightmare treatment that is available. There's an amazing professor out of the University of New Mexico, Dr. Barry Krakow, and what Barry discovered was if you write out in extreme detail everything you can remember about the nightmare, every little detail, a color, a place, a time, a whatever, and then you change the ending so that instead of you being chased by somebody who's trying to kill you, you're chasing them type of thing, right? Okay, interesting. You change that ending, and then you read through this nightmare every night a couple of times before you go to bed with the new ending over the course of time you will actually change the ending in your dream yeah
3: it's pretty and amazing we've we've got emails so many questions coming in here by emails most of our questioners <laughs> are emailers as opposed to callers at this time of night um yeah. and and there is a question here about dreams and um Far away. I, I, yeah so i they want to know what are dreams and what's going on in a dream and and the reason i i want to get your answer to this because Uh, You hear some weird things, you know, like, like your dreams are predicting what's going to happen in the future or, or that, you know, you're somehow communicating with, with people that are dead. You hear all these just bizarre sort of claims about what is going on and dreams. They make no sense many times. And so you wake up and you're like, yeah, I had this dream about this giant chocolate cake that I had to eat. And you just think, how does that make any sense? And then there are these dream interpreters that say, oh, oh, well, that means that you've got a sugar deficiency or, or whatever. Yep. What's going no. on in dreams from a, a, a medical standpoint?
4: Sure. So remember just a little while uh, at the beginning of the show, we were talking about REM sleep or what's also known as dream sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. So, when we're moving information from our short-term memory to our long-term memory and creating this orbi- organizational substructure in our brain, when these pieces of information link together, our brain interprets that as a dream. So, that being said, are dreams predictive of things that are going to happen? Yes and no. And let, me, and let me explain to you why I say that. Dreams are not predictive by themselves if you dream about walking into the kitchen and your third grade teacher is there eating a bowl full of spaghetti um, with a donkey sitting next to her, that does not mean that that is what is going to happen to you.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um,
4: However, thank thank goodness. Right. Exactly. However, one of the things that we do know is that as our brain is making these associations and putting pieces of information together, sometimes our brain will help us um, in coming to conclusions. Have you, Jim, ever had this situation? I know I have, and I'm sure many of our listeners have where you, you got to make a big decision. You go to sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, you know, the decision that you need to make. Yeah.
3: Or that you go to bed with like a problem or you can't remember where you put something. And it's like, you wake up and it's like, boom, there it is. I know exactly. You just jump out of bed and go find your, your lost car keys. What is that?
4: That is your brain assimilating or attaching pieces of information unto itself. Now, I will tell you, dream interpretation, generally speaking, from a scientific standpoint, is not really very scientific. And here's the reason why, is because I could come up with a dream interpretation, you could come up with a dream interpretation, and we'd both be right and we'd both be wrong. The best way, if you really want to learn something from your dreams, um, is to keep a dream diary. Like we were, like I was saying, write it all down um, and then share it with somebody who knows you very well. That could be a therapist, that could be a partner or a spouse or whomever. But sharing that information with somebody that knows you well will actually help give you some good insight yeah
3: so and then and they know you they know the situation so they might have some some insight all right another break when we come back we're going to talk about snoring how cool should it be in your bedroom at night a lot more as we talk about sleep with dr michael bruce
1: You have been lied to, generation after generation, time after
2: time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in.
0: You, know, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create
2: 9-11, through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror, and now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Order now at yeah, KillingUncleSamBook.com KillingUncleSamBook.com Are listening to Jim Paris Live.
3: All right, such great information in this book. Just as an example, I know we're a financial show. So, what's the best time to go in and ask your boss for a raise? Well, he gets into things like that in the book as well. So the idea, again, is you'll you'll go through the book or you can go to his website, thesleepdoctor.com. Uh, you can take the quiz, you can find out which one of these four sleep types you are and then you can figure out how to get better sleep and when to sort of plan your day and before we get into some of these other questions I, I know dr Bruce we talked about this a little bit earlier but how much of this is sort of a cultural thing like for example we always think of exercise that you see the the guy or the young lady like jogging like at six in the morning when the sun's coming up and And that's what you see in the movies, and you see on television, and you think, well, that's when you jog. You jog at 6 a.m. when you first get up, but that's not right for everybody. Isn't that correct? Do we have Dr. Bruce? I'm here. All right. We we may have uh, lost our Skype connection. Uh, Mackenzie? I can hear you. Oh, there you go. All right, sir. I can hear you. Yeah, so I was giving the example of the 6 a.m. jog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, you think, well, that's when you exercise, but then you, you get up three or four mornings in a row and you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And you give right. up exercise because some people shouldn't exercise at 6am. Isn't that right?
4: That is correct. Um, and as a matter of fact, if you're a wolf like me, you would never want to exercise at 6am. Number one, you're not awake. Your brain's not awake enough. You have a far greater chance of having injury. Um, and um, your body isn't stretched out. You're not limber. You're not ready to go. You don't have the energy. You're still, your brain is still producing melatonin if you're a wolf at 6 a.m., not wanting to have adrenaline to help you run. So it makes sense. But let's talk about when you should ask your boss for a raise, because since you are a financial show, I think that makes a lot of sense. So the thing to think about here is the, the, the day that your boss is going to be most receptive to hearing that you want to raise. Well, first of all, we know that the, the the happiest day of the week turns out to be, I'll give you one guess, Jim, what do you think it is, happiest day of the week? Uh, Friday. <laughs> you bet. Um, and um, what do you think is the happiest time, in the beginning of the morning, in the middle of the day, or the end of the day on Friday?
3: I'm thinking towards the end of the day.
4: You got it. Okay. So so we've already nailed narrowed it down to After lunch on Friday is going to be one of the best times because your boss is in a good mood. And by the way, you always want to catch him after lunch because you want a boss on a full stomach, not a hungry boss, because hungry bosses never give raises. Let's just (laughs) throw that out there so that everybody knows. And the way you know what your boss's chronotype is is look at what time they get in. If your boss is there a couple of hours before everybody else, then they're a lion, so catch them right after lunch. If your boss gets there around 8.30 when everybody else kind of starts wandering through the door, then you probably need to go towards 2, 3 o'clock. If your boss is, has difficulty coming in on a regular you know, timetable and comes in at you know, 9 or 10 o'clock, then it might be better off to meet your boss for a happy hour at 5 or 6 and talk to them then. And that's the type of advice that the book has got throughout it, is really looking at timing and what is the best time of day to do something.
3: Yeah, and it's not just timing for yourself, but Correct. for other people. So, uh, you know, the your intimate time with your spouse, and you'd have right. to factor in, I would imagine, your spouse's sleep type uh Absolutely. as well it's not just about you you all right no. ton of questions coming in somebody wants yep. to know about snoring and sure. they've they have made like a cottage industry out of snoring i mean everything yeah. from like these you can go to your dentist for thousands of dollars and have something made to put in your mouth or you can buy one of these things from the infomercial or you can get one of these things that keep your nostrils open more at night nice. one of these breathe easy things this is a big deal, and it's been around forever, but it just seems like in recent years, we're just hearing more and more about snoring. Was this Has this always been a problem, or is this just recent that everybody seems to have a problem with snoring now?
4: Well, it's been around forever. Um, And it has been a problem forever. But historically, people would just say, who were the snorers? They would say, well, snoring's not my problem. It's my bed partner's problem. It's (laughs)
2: them who have
4: to listen. I I don't hear myself snore. Why is it such a big deal? Um, But what we're now learning is that if you are a snorer and you continue to snore, you actually cause damage to the back of your throat. And that can, in fact, lead to something that's very dangerous called sleep apnea. So for folks out there who might not know what sleep apnea is, this is a situation where you stop breathing in your sleep because your throat begins to collapse, and then you have to wake up. And in some cases, it can be tens of hundreds of times a night where people are falling asleep and waking up and falling asleep and waking up. And so it can be very detrimental to our cardiac or our heart rate, um, to our blood pressure and things of that nature. So snoring is not, not something to just say, oh, that's a social nuisance. Now, I will tell you, Jim, that snoring occurs in usually two of three places. It's either partially in your nose and in the back of your mouth or partially in your mouth and down deep in your throat. Um, and I actually believe it or not I've got a quiz. So if you go to the sleepdoctor.com on the very front page you'll see take my snoring quiz. It'll teach you which part of your anatomy your snoring is likely coming from and then it will actually lead you to a treatment that makes sense. So for, as an example you mentioned things that people have in their nose. Well that's great if you have nasal snoring, but if you don't have nasal snoring, sticking something up your nose is uncomfortable and ineffective, right? So you kind of have to know what type of snorer you are in order to find the best treatment for what's going on.
3: And there's so many great uh, technological breakthroughs. So I had sleep apnea for a while, mm-hmm. and then I got on a rigorous uh, program where I'm you know, exercising four days a week. I go to boxing, I go to martial arts, and I no longer have that problem, um, but I got this thing called Body Metrics O two. It's like a, a sleep monitor that you like wear, and it actually measures your oxygen levels all through sure. the night. And then the next morning, on my smartphone, it like gives me a sleep study. And it's right. like two hundred bucks. It's really, I mean, it's amazing the stuff that's out there. Do you like oh, that yeah. device, or are there any others that you would mention as well?
4: You know, here's the thing is there are, there are a lot of devices out there, a lot of trackers. Um, yours, actually, I'm not familiar with that one in particular, but if it monitors oxygen, that can be incredibly helpful, especially for people who snore or who have a concern for sleep apnea. However, if you're trying to measure how much sleep you got or the depth of your sleep, is it stage three sleep, stage REM sleep, An oxygen monitor probably isn't going to be very helpful in that case. My favorite sleep monitor right now, um, believe it or not, you can get it if you download from the Apple store, Um, it's called Sleep Score. And this was developed by a group of people who've been studying sleep for over 40 years. Um, All you need is your telephone, and it just has to be pointed in your general direction. And it sends out a radar signal um, that actually, I'm sorry, a sonar signal that actually... Um, measures your chest movement up and down, measures respiration and blood pressure. And we do know that blood pressure is different in each stage of sleep. Highly accurate device. Um, And it's all through an application on your
3: telephone. So this is Uh, not a separate device? It's just an app that does this in a phone? Just an app that
4: does this, believe it or not. It's called Sleep Score. And um, I've used it many, many times. I actually have my patients use it. um, Because there's also an uh, area in it where you can send a report to your doctor which can also be very helpful as well.
3: All right. Last question um, quickly, because I want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit more about how people can get in touch with you. Um, yes. Sleeping temperature. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, I felt like you should have it cooler in your, yes. where you sleep. And and so what my wife and I, we've done is we bought like an extra little air conditioning unit that we have in our bedroom. And instead of cooling the whole big house down, we just crank this thing on at night in addition to our you know the the central heat and air that we have in the house right. and we get that temperature down to like 70 degrees and we sleep so much better with it yes. cooler is that a good thing
4: It's a great thing and I'm glad you mentioned it. So temperature, so it turns out that our core body temperature cycle follows our sleep cycle, or I should say our sleep cycle follows our core body temperature cycle, and cooler is better. Right around 1030 at night, your body starts to cool down, which is a signal to your brain to release melatonin to help you sleep. So the cooler you can make it, the better. But no, you do not need to cool your entire house. Um and by the way there are now things that are kind of interesting. Uh one of my favorite things, and if people go to my website you can um see it described there is something called a chili pad. So think electric blanket that cools instead of heat. It goes right under your um, your fitted sheet, and you can actually dial in whatever temperature you want to help you cool down in the evenings. It's very effective. Um, my wife loves it. I've used it. I've got uh, a lot of friends whose wives are going through menopause who are using it now. It's it's pretty amazing stuff.
3: Yeah, that's that sounds great. And if it's uh, can be can also heat, so that would mean yep, in the cold can. nights you can. Uh, Maybe just leave the heater off and have a little bit of uh, heat there in the bed. So much great information, Dr. Bruce. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. I know you're physically located uh, in Southern California. Is that right? If people want to get in touch with your office and Uh the book is available on Amazon, there's a Kindle, there's an audio version of the book as well, and his website is thesleepdoctor.com. Dot com the sleepdoctor.com dr. Michael Bruce thanks so much for being with us
4: thanks Big Jim
3: all right thank you sir all right if it's Sunday night it's Jim Paris live we'll talk to you next time.
2: This is Jessica Armand, founder of My Magic Mud. Our team helped organize a successful effort to remove fluoride from our city's water supply. This is our passion. My Magic Mud Oral Care purifies and brightens your smile naturally. GCN listeners, please support my family business by purchasing our products from your local health food store. We're also available at CVS Pharmacy. Or visit us at MyMagicMud.com and take 10% off now with coupon code GCN10.